Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Thursday, December 7th. In today's news, Donald Trump Jr. spends seven hours with the House Intelligence Committee. Fires continue to ravage Southern California, and Trump's Justice Department is going after public employee unions big time. But first, the big idea. The push for Al Franken's resignation shows the importance of having women in Congress. Senator Al Franken, the Democrat from Minnesota, is widely expected to announce his resignation at a news conference later today, though his office insists no final decision has been made. This news comes after the majority of Democratic senators called on him to resign yesterday. That push started with a group of Democratic women led by Kirsten Gillibrand from New York. Several of their male colleagues followed. Their willingness to directly confront Franken and the pervasive culture of sexual harassment that exists in Congress more broadly will offer a helpful data point for female candidates in 2018 to make the case that there needs to be more women on Capitol Hill. Female Democratic senators have been discussing whether to call for Franken's resignation among themselves for weeks. The calls for Franken to go came one day after John Conyers, the Democrat for Michigan, the dean of the House, resigned under pressure from his Democratic colleagues. And just a few hours after Time Magazine announced that the women who have come forward to talk about sexual harassment are the people of the year. The effort to purge Franken creates a significant precedent. If both Conyers and Franken cannot survive, how does a Democratic freshman representative like Ruben Keewen from Nevada make it? He's accused of making inappropriate advances toward his campaign fundraiser. Franken's downfall also reflects the degree to which women have more clout in the Democratic Party today than the Republican Party. Of the 21 women serving in the Senate, 16 are Democrats. Just five are Republicans. In the House, women still account for less than one in five of the representatives. But there are three times as many Democratic women as Republican women. That might help explain why Representative Blake Farenthold, the Republican from Texas, has accepted no culpability for an $84,000 taxpayer-funded settlement with a former staffer who alleged that he made inappropriate sexual remarks. He said last week that he'll reimburse the Treasury, but GOP leaders aren't trying to push him out. Politics naturally is at play here. Democrats want a clear contrast with Republicans who have rallied behind both President Trump and Alabama Republican Senate candidate Roy Moore after they were accused of sexual misconduct. This puts their money where their mouths are. Mike Huckabee, the father of the White House press secretary, said Tuesday on Fox News, quote, if Al Franken is in the Senate and if John Conyers is staying, then why not have Roy Moore? I heard several variations of that same line when I interviewed 20 women at a Moore rally in Alabama on Tuesday night. Assuming Franken goes this talking point will no longer be operative. That will make it much easier for Democrats to tie Moore and Trump like anchors to every Republican incumbent running for re-election. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, Donald Trump Jr. answered questions from the House Intelligence Committee about his Russian contacts for nearly seven hours on Wednesday. In the closed-door meeting, Trump Jr. told the committee that he never informed his father about his June 2016 meeting with a Russian lawyer or about his direct interactions with WikiLeaks months later. He said he only discussed the sit-down with his father after the news broke publicly. He said they had a lawyer in the room when they talked so that the conversation could be protected by attorney-client privilege. Citing that, he refused to provide any details of the conversation with his dad. Meanwhile, a whistleblower has told congressional investigators that former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn texted a former business associate about his plans to build nuclear reactors in the Middle East, 
and that the U.S. sanctions on Russia hobbling the plan would be, quote, ripped up. That text was sent while Trump was giving his inaugural address in January. The account raises new concerns about the extent to which Flynn blurred his public and private interests during his brief stint in the White House. Number two, ferocious wildfires continue to ravage Southern California, forcing tens of thousands of additional people to flee, many with only moments of notice. In total, some 100,000 acres have now burned and hundreds of structures have been destroyed. The fire burned through Ventura County at a rate of nearly an acre per second. Massive flames rolled down cliffs and palm trees went up in smoke. Officials in Ventura said they expect the fire to grow to the north and west over the next two days. Strong winds combined with dry weather and vegetation make the region particularly vulnerable to new fires. Number three, the Justice Department has asked the Supreme Court to overturn a precedent requiring public employees to pay fees to their unions. The move is another dramatic reversal in a high-profile case before the high court since Trump's inauguration, and it could eviscerate the power of these unions. The Supreme Court precedent that the administration wants to overturn says that unions may charge all employees for the cost of collective bargaining on their behalf, but not for the union's political activities. About 20 states allow that practice. Conservative legal activists have complained for years that the requirement violates the free speech rights of those who don't want to join the union or pay fees to it. And that's The Daily 202 for Thursday, December 7th. Thanks so much for listening. I'm James Holman, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.